I bless you guys. How many of you guys are ready to jump into the word this morning? All right, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Timothy, and I hope you are ready with your uh, Bible page turning index finger ready to go, because we're going to go all over the scriptures this morning. It's going to be a fun day. We're talking about the fact that God is a visionary God. Say, God is a visionary God. We are in the fourth uh, installment of our activation series for the summer. Our goal for this series is to see every single person in the body activated into who God has created them to be and what God has created you to do on the earth. And last week we talked a little bit more about our seven mountains philosophy or we talked about the fact that whatever garden God has placed you in, that he has a will for that field, he has a will for that arena and that there's a good work for you to do. Uh, How many of you are starting to dial in just a little bit more that every day when you wake up, there is a good work that God has already preordained for you to do that day? Ephesians 2.10, which we unpacked last week, such a powerful scripture, very simply says that you are God's poetry. You're his workmanship. You're his work of art. You're his craftsmanship. And you're created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has already coordinated, scheduled, mapped out, laid out, prepared in advance for you to do every single day. And so that's exciting. Every day is a a new day. There's new mercy, there's new empowerment, there's new grace for you every day for you to fulfill the good work that the Lord has put in front of you to do. Today, I wanna talk a little bit about the fact that vision is crucial to activation. Vision is crucial to activation. And as we talk for a few weeks about uh, the scriptural principles of vision, I'm gonna begin from a worldview standpoint and just very simply um, begin talking about the fact that God is a visionary God. And we have to understand that in order for us to truly be activated into who God has called us to be and what God has called us to do. So beginning in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Verse 17, let me pray and then we'll just hit the ground running with a lot of stuff to cover this morning. Spirit of the living God, we, uh, we welcome you, we acknowledge you, and we thank you that, uh, that you are here brooding upon us and breathing upon us. I pray that you would awaken our hearts today. I pray that you would awaken, equip, and send us to be transforming agents into every arena of society. I pray that you would continue to galvanize our hearts together uh, as who we are as sons and daughters and also as who we are as brothers and sisters in a kingdom community. I pray that through this summer, God, that we would emerge out of this summer, not just hearing some good messages, but Father, my prayer is that our hearts would come alive more and more with the dreams that you are dreaming over us for our time on the earth, how we can participate and partner with you in bringing your kingdom and bringing your rule into the earth. It's the desire of our hearts. And so as we're on this journey today, I pray, take us a step further. As we're on this journey today, I pray, enlighten us even more, empower us, strengthen us, heal us, restore us, that we may be fully functional sons and daughters in your kingdom today. And if you can agree with that, Antioch Church, why don't you just say, I agree. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, Paul is exhorting his young son, Timothy, in the faith, and he says, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible. 
Very important word there as Paul is describing the qualities and the characteristics of God. One of the qualities or one of the characteristics, one of the attributes of who our God is, is he's the invisible God. In fact, turn with me to Romans chapter one, verse 20. And then we're gonna go from Romans to the book of Colossians. Romans chapter one, verse 20, and then to Colossians chapter one, verse 15. Just laying a foundation here on the invisible nature of our God. Romans 1.20 says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Let me just spend a little time here on this particular verse. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, namely his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen. It's very important for us to understand, as many of us do, I believe, understand, that God is not a God who is limited to the physical world around us. This world, this physical world, is a world that he created. But he himself is not a created being. He was not created. He has always existed. As it says there in 1 Timothy 1 verse 17, he is the eternal God which means that he had no beginning and he will never have any end and there's nothing about him that was dreamed up, thought up, created or put into place by any other thing outside of him. He has always existed. Very important for us to understand that. Very difficult, I think, for our minds to wrap around that. In fact, if you remember the story, there's a story in the Old Testament where Moses is going to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is the king of this land called Egypt and, and Pharaoh has uh, the people of Israel in captivity. And Moses is going to go to them and he has marching orders from God to go to Pharaoh and say, you gotta let my people go, Jack. And Moses is having this dialogue, this conversation with God. And he says, who am I gonna tell Pharaoh that sent me? In other words, by whose authority am I coming to make this decree? And God very simply says, you tell him that I am. I am. I am that I am, I've always been and I always will be because I am the uncreated God and everything that is around you belongs to me and everything that is around you comes from me. I am the source of all things because I am the invisible God. And don't ever assume that just because you can't see me, don't ever assume that just because you can't see my work or my activity that I am not there because I am omnipresent. I am at all places at all times. He is here with us even now. When you leave this place, he's there with you. When you go home in the midst of your conflict, in the midst of every struggle that you're walking through, in the midst of your greatest disappointment, the I am invisible God is there because he is not bound by time and he is not bound by space. And he is the only thing in this planet and beyond this planet that can boast of being the invisible God. Everything else, every other demon, every other angel, every other person, every other power is limited by time and by space, but God, he's the invisible God, all powerful, and he transcends everything that we see in our natural world. Since the creation of the world, his invisible qualities, his, his power and his nature have been clearly seen. So from a worldview standpoint, it's important for us to understand that the things that we see around us all come from him. And this is what we call in theology, they talk about general revelation and they talk about specific revelation. 
And what God has chosen to do is anything that we understand about God has been revealed to us by God. So there are some people that really, they, they really connect with who God is by nature and they see the power of the mountains, the majesty of the mountains. They see things that are beyond their control. Uh, when you go to the depths of the ocean and you see how, how much greater the ocean is than us, the vastness of the ocean, the beauty of nature, uh, what the scripture is saying here is that God has revealed himself through all of creation. But then there's specific revelation that we have that comes through his word. When we read the scriptures, he is specifically revealing parts of his character and his nature to us. It's those of you who have heard the word of the Lord, and let me just encourage you. Scripture says in, in Romans chapter eight, verse 16, that um, our spirit agrees with God's spirit that we're God's children. And if you were led by the spirit of God, you're the sons of God. If you have accepted Christ into your heart, you have God's spirit, his communicating agent within you. You can hear the voice of God. You can receive specific revelation from God. And today, as we talk about not only the invisible nature of God, but the visionary nature of God, I wanna encourage you today, those of you who are children of God, that it is by your spirit that God will work in conjunction with your spirit and your mind to reveal to you vision. And I believe that there's a vision that God has for every day of your life. I believe there's a vision that God has for every arena of your life. Everything that concerns you, God has a vision for. We're gonna talk more about that in the weeks to come, but that is so exciting. He's got a vision for your work. He's got a vision for your marriage. He's got a vision for your children. He's got a vision for your finances. He's got a vision for every specific day that you live. And to the degree that we find that, see that, agree with it, partner with it, and begin to move towards that, we begin to see the fruitfulness of God in our lives because the invisible God is working in the realm of the visible to make clear, to make plain, to make seen that which he is seeing in the realm of the invisible. A couple other scriptures, Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one, beginning in verse 15. Scripture says, this is speaking of Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. Jesus came to reveal who the invisible God is. In fact, when you read through the gospels and you'll see that one of the greatest debates that emerged throughout the gospels is that the religious teachers of that day assumed that they knew everything there was to know about God through the law alone. But the law is incomplete to reveal the fullness of God. The, the law is incomplete to show, to visibly show the invisible God. And so Jesus comes and he says things like this. He says, when you have seen me, you have seen the father because I am the image of the invisible God. If you wanna know what God is like, study who Jesus is because Jesus is God in the flesh. So if you ever, if you ever question whether or not God is a God who heals, well, just look at what Jesus did. Right? And Jesus healed, so we know that if he's the image of the invisible God, I may not see the full manifestation of my healing right now, but I know that if Jesus is the image of the invisible God and Jesus heals, then God's a God who heals and God wants to heal. And we can take that same pattern and that same principle and we can run that through everything we see in Jesus's life. Jesus will never break from who God is. He will never break rank or break character with who God is because he's the image of the invisible God. Let's keep reading here. 
For by him, meaning by Jesus, all things were created. This is where things start to get fun. All things were created. Things on heaven and things on earth. So we've not been to heaven. Maybe you've seen heaven is for real. You know that things are going on in heaven. You know that things exist in heaven. You know that there are literal, physical, tangible things that are there in heaven. Those things were created. And they were created by the invisible God. So there are things that he created in the realm of heaven that we cannot see. And just because you cannot see it does not mean that it does not exist. Just because you cannot see it does not mean the possibility or the potential for its existence is lacking. In fact, one of the things that we want to get to here in the next couple of weeks, it is this very thing that seeing by the eyes of faith is one of the keys by which we are activated into bringing those invisible things into the realm of the visible. That's what seeing, that's what vision, that's what faith is all about. It's about bringing the invisible into the realm of the visible. That's why I love today when we are praying, let the kingdom of God break in, right? Let the things that are emanating from the realm of the invisible God, let those things break through that plane and that barrier of time into space and let those things that are, inv- that are existing right now in the realm of the invisible, let them be made seen in the realm of the visible. There are some things in your life right now that are not existing that you need to come into being. Isn't that right? There's some direction that you need. There's some finances that you need. There's some healing. There's some things that are existing right now as we speak in the realm of the invisible that you need to pull down into the realm of the visible in your life. That's what the life of faith is all about. That's available to you and to me as sons and daughters of God. By him, all things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, watch this, All things were created by the invisible God. They were created by him for his purpose. They were created for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Wish we had time to talk more about that. He is the head of the body. Jesus, you are the head of this church and you are head of the church worldwide. We just declare that today. I am not the head of the church. There is no board of elders. There is, there is no body of people that is the head of the church. Jesus, you are the head of the church. You are the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything you might have supremacy. So good. Let's take a look at another passage of scripture here in Hebrews. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And then we're gonna shift gears here and talk about how God works with us. In the weeks to come, we'll talk about how we work with him, but I wanna talk about how God works with us because God's desire, we need to understand this. This right here is fundamental to your life. You need to understand that God's desire is to work with you and to me and me because there are things that he sees, there are things that he has actually created already in heaven that he's trying to get to the earth. There's actually books that already exist in heaven. There are pieces of art that already exist in heaven. There are business plans, they already exist in heaven. 
There are leadership skills and abilities and attributes that already exist in heaven. There is actually reconciliation for a relationship that you're in that has been broken, that the reconciliation already exists in heaven. There is a healing right now that actually literally physically exists in the realm of heaven. And he's trying to get that into the earth. He wants, he desires to bring that into the earth. There are government models, there are educational curriculums that exist in heaven that he's looking for people, his sons and daughters. How does the kingdom of God come to the earth? Through sons and daughters. Romans chapter eight, all the earth is groaning, right? For the sons of God to be revealed because only sons and daughters can reveal the kingdom. Right, so if he has things that exist in the realm of the heavens, the invisible realm that he's wanting to bring to the earth, he's gonna bring it to the earth through sons and daughters who participate with him. He's looking for you. He's wanting to speak to you. He's looking for people who will proclaim, who will speak, who will release, who will get in faith, who will say yes. We'll talk more about that here when we look at one particular figure I wanna focus on today. Hebrews 11, chapter one. Hebrews 11, verse one. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain, this is very important for us to understand, certain of what we do not see. Once you think about that, let, let that settle in. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of that which we do not see. What is he talking about here? He's talking about that which we do not see with our physical eyes. How can you be certain of what you don't see with your physical eyes because there's another set of eyes that you have, you have spiritual eyes. If you are a son or daughter of God, born again, spirit of God, living and dwelling inside of you, if you have received Jesus Christ as your savior, repented of your sins, surrendered your heart and your life to him and invited him to invade your, the home of your heart and set up shop and be the Lord and commander of your life. If you've entered back into living fellowship with him, if that is a reality for you, you have a set of spiritual eyes that you can learn how to use. In the same way that we talk a lot, especially in this church about hearing God's voice and walking in the prophetic, in the same way that we must train our ear to hear what God is saying, we can train the eyes of our spirit to see what God is showing and to see what God is seeing. I hope I'm not being too, uh, you know, like esoteric or, spirit, you know, and I want you to understand this. There's an eye of your spirit by which you can see that which God wants to show you from heaven's vantage point. In fact, in the book of Revelation, I encourage you to study this. Just read verses, chapters one through four. But uh, as God is revealing, the book of Revelation, as he's revealing revelation and truth to a man by the name of John, there's a verse there where God says, come up here, come up here so that you can see the things that I wanna show you. Come up here. God is inviting every single one of us to come up higher. And then we're not talking physically here because we can't, you know, in, physically it's a great analogy, right? When the higher you get from a situation, the more that you can see that's going on. You ever been in a situation like that? How many of you guys like to hike in here? You know, when you're down right in the middle of the fray of everything, Life is horrible. <laughs> I remember we hiked the peak a couple of years ago and just a 10 hour laborious, searing, painful, bleak, dismal, 
Huh? <laughs> when you, you know, when, all, when your head is down and all you're doing is looking at gravel and rock and I mean, that's for some of you, that's what life is like, but there's, there's certain moments in life where you hit these peaks, right? And you're able to see, you're able to see where you came from and you're able to see where you're going because your elevation affects your vision. And that's why God is saying, come up higher. And listen, you need to understand that in every situation of your life, you can always come up higher. In every season, in every situation of your life, you always have the opportunity and the invitation to come up to a higher vantage point of vision, to see what God is seeing. I know sometimes when I get into arguments or, or little tiffs that, you know, praise God that in 13 years of marriage, those things are spread further and few apart. But, uh, you know, when my wife and I, in the earlier days, when we would just get crossed up, the closer we would just get locked in, man, I tell you, the more frustrated we'd get. And sometimes we would have to just back away have to back away. Jake and Courtney, this is good for you. We just have to back away. <laughs> like, you know what? Just, let's just take some time. See, you know, I, I'm one of those guys. I, I, I did some tests back in the days and there's two types of people. There are those that, you know, how many of you guys are the type of person that when there's conflict, you just can't, you cannot let it go. You gotta be like, we're not, we're not leaving this room till we figure this out. Come on, let me see your hands. I wanna know who I'm working. Like, no, no, we're not. I don't care. It's 3 a.m. That's fine. That's fine. We're gonna, we're gonna work this out. How many of you guys are like, listen, listen, slow down. I need, to, I need to back away. I need to retreat a little bit. I need to think. I need to process. I need, I need to breathe. I need to get some clarity. And then we'll come back. Let me see your hands. All right. Now that's, that's Christy. All of you just raise your hand. That's Christy. Me, I'm like, nope. No, I'm strong. I got all night, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's just, she is powering down. I'm like, what is, why are you getting so, you, did, you don't care about this because why are you so tired right now? You don't care about this, do you? Oh boy, bad news. She's so wise. She didn't, see, now if she just would have said, listen, I'm elevating higher to get a greater vantage point of vision. I would have been like, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No, she is so wise. She's like, listen, we're too, we're too locked up right now. We got to back away and breathe. We got to start operating in our spirit. You're too emotionally attached to this thing. And so over the years, as we've learned to do that, you know what we're very simply doing? We're getting a different vantage point. We're getting heaven's vantage point on the situation. Jake, don't take it personally. McCourtney, you want some time, man. Don't take it personally. Like, you got to give her that time, dude. All right, pray, get in the spirit. That one's free. That one's free. <laughs> that cost me a lot. <laughs> well said, Everett. So yeah, the invitation is always there, you guys, for us to come up higher and to see from heaven's vantage point, to get heaven's vision on a situation. Let's keep reading Hebrews 11, verse one. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I love that. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith... We understand, boys, I was meditating on that earlier in the week. You know, Proverbs talks to us over and over and over again about getting understanding, right? And you know what the missing key to understanding is? Faith. By faith, we understand. There are some things that you can have a conversation with somebody, particularly an agnostic or an atheist. And, and you know, as far as all the literal physical things, man, they can probably run circles around you because it takes faith to get understanding into things that are in the realm of the invisible. I don't know how the wind blows, but I have faith that there's a God who created it. 
I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how a lot of things operate in the realm of the invisible, but by faith, I gain access into an, a place of understanding. If you have a problem understanding, ask God to check your faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now here we shift gears. What was seen was not made out of what was visible. So everything that you see here was made real time out of something that was visible. Somebody needed to find wood and make this out of something that already existed that was visible. The building, our clothes, whatever, everything you see. But turn with me to Genesis chapter one. It's one thing when all the raw materials are there. It's another thing entirely when nothing existed. In fact, the only thing that existed was what existed in the realm of the invisible in God's mind. Another way I could say it is like this. The only thing that existed is what existed in God's vision. Vision is the process by which we can see the invisible. Work is the process whereby we take the invisible and we make it visible. Let me show you that in Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. Over and over and over again, here's, here's the pattern. Nothing, God visions it, God speaks it, it is. That pattern and that pattern that God operates off of is the same pattern that we can operate off of as his sons and daughters. Genesis 1.26 says we were created how? In the image of God. Now, how do I know this is true? Two types of creativity. The type of creativity that starts with absolutely nothing and makes something. Second type of creativity is the creativity that starts with something and makes it better. Every single person here is wired to do one or the other. Some of you guys are dreaming up ideas. How many of you guys have ever said, you know, this would really be great or this would really be beneficial or why don't we do this or this should happen? How many of you guys ever thought that or said that? Okay, you're creating something that does not exist. You're seeing a problem and you're finding something that does not exist. Some of you guys are engineers, you're innovators, you're creators, you're entrepreneurs. And I say, let the Lord bless that with another realm of vision in your life. Some of you see things that are happening and go, this is all wrong. This could be better. Second type of creativity there. You're seeing something that is and you're making it better. God started with nothing. God saw in the realm of his vision. God spoke and what he spoke came into existence. Now, I don't wanna get hyper word of faith here, but I do believe that there is a power that exists when we begin to see what God sees and say what God says, I believe that there is literally a creative force that we tap into and set into motion in the earth. 
Now, so many of us can, can hear Oprah say that or we can hear other people say that. But listen, all those guys are copycats, man. They're copying, they're borrowing. Spiritual principles are spiritual principles. They are, they are principles that remain in the earth and God is no respecter of persons. And I can show you all throughout scriptures, the waterfalls on the, the just and the unjust. He's not gonna be mocked. If you sow something, you're gonna reap it. In other words, what God sets in motion in the earth it doesn't matter if you're a believer in him or not. If you practice the principles that he has put into the earth, you're going to get the results. That's all there is to it. And here is a principle for, for your life. See what God sees, say what God says. And out of darkness, creative power will be unleashed. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. That's what the scripture says. So we see here that God is creating something out of nothing, that he works six days and he takes a break. Now, I want us to fast forward here a little bit. I want us to focus on one particular guy, talk a little bit more about vision and why vision is so essential to activation. There are things that are inside of you that you don't even know that are in you because they're right now existing in the realm of the invisible. And we're not talking about just dreams. But what I do believe is that when you, when you start to see what God is showing you, when you start to see the realm of the invisible, it will actually unlock the gifts that God has put inside of you that you did not even know were there. The way that I know this, and we could go through all these different case studies from Walt Disney to Steve Jobs to, we could, we could take a look at so many business examples of this. So many of the things that we're operating off of, do you know this, this existed in somebody's mind in the realm of the invisible before it existed in the realm of the visible? The cars that you're driving existed in the realm of the invisible and somebody saw it. And when they saw it, they were on a hot pursuit and it began to unlock and unleash leadership and creativity and communication and art, artistry and engineer. All these things began to get unlocked because what they saw became a key to unlock things inside of them because what they saw became so compelling. Do you know that there are actually energy reserves within you that you don't even know exist until you catch a vision of what God wants to do in your life? There are some people that I can look at you and say, there is absolutely no earthly way that you should be able to do what you're doing physically, but you are so captivated by an invisible vision that it's actually unlocking a supernatural strength and energy inside of you to do what God has called you to do. And that's not an excuse for being workaholics and abandoning our families. I'm just saying that most people would look at what you're doing and say, I don't know how you do that. And you can go easy because I'm anointed to do it. I'm created to do it. I've got a vision and that vision is unlocking things inside of me that I did not even know existed. Anybody getting excited in the house? You know, our faith exists because there was a man, of, there was a man heathen man, pagan, idol-worshiping, devil-worshiping man who got activated by a vision. Genesis chapter 12, go with me if you would. Verse one, I gotta, had to make that a little extreme. <laughs> he, went to he was a devil worshiper. <laughs> Not Father Abraham, who had many sons and many sons. Yeah, devil worshiper. 
The Lord had said to Abram, verse one, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and watch this, go to the land I will show you. Go to a land that you cannot see, but I know exists. Go to a place that is invisible to you right now, but to a place that is very visible to me. Just because you can't see it, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just because you cannot see it does not mean that it does not exist. You know, there are some of you that have not seen wealth in your life, but just because you cannot see it does not mean that that does not exist for you. There are some of you that have never seen the picture of a father, but just because you have not seen it does not mean that does not exist for you. Some of you have never experienced peace in your home or wholeness in your body. But just because you cannot see it does not mean that that is not out there waiting for you, calling you, beckoning you. Come see by the eyes of your spirit. Come see the vision that God has and let that compel you on a journey. Leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household and go to the land I will show you. You know, sometimes in order for us to see, find, and capture the vision that God has for us, we have to leave places of familiarity. There are some of you in this room today that there are some things your souls are actually tied to that are keeping you from leaving your father's household, your father's country, and launching out into the visionary journey. I didn't know this, but when I went through uh, inner healing and deliverance with Apostle Bill a few years ago, there were some things that have happened in my life that were pretty traumatic that have, that, you know, set some things in motion in my life. And he says, well, why don't we go back to that place? And why don't we break a soul tie with that place? What? That's weird. I only thought, you know, you're supposed to do soul ties with past girlfriends and stuff. He said, no, you can have a soul tie with a person, place, or thing. Your soul can be linked and latched and connected and locked into a person, a place, or a thing in an unhealthy manner that keeps you from moving forward. And why don't we just activate this right now? Just throw your hands up in the air. And, and right now, let's just say this, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I need some more strength on that. In the name of Jesus. Soul. I declare. Anything. Any place. And any person. That you are connected to in an unhealthy manner that is limiting me, that is locking me in fear or in a past season. I break you. I cut you in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Verse two, God says to Abram, I will make you into a great nation. Didn't exist yet. I will bless you and I will make your name great. His name wasn't great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse whoever curses you. Watch this. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's a big vision. That's a big vision. You know, my mom would tell me all the time when I was a kid, she'd ask me certain questions and I would tell her stuff. She said, that vision is not big enough. And then she would say to me, she'd say, some, the Bible says, open wide your mouth and he'll feel it. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you lift up your eyes and why don't you dream a little bit bigger? 
She'd say things to me all the time. In fact, I probably have to go back and repent because I would just sit there and I would just go, no, 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 just obstinate. Thank you, Lord. He's showing that to me right now as I speak. In fact, my mom's probably watching this via video. She'll get this in a couple of days. I'm so sorry that I was so obstinate towards all the things that you spoke to my life. She was, see, she was saying, dream big. God is a big God. Never limit God by the size of your earthly vision. God has, he is the God of the invisible. This is a huge vision that God shares with Abram. I will bless those who bless you and all of the peoples in the entire earth. And here's what you need to understand. God's vision for your life is always global and multi-generational in its scope. In some way, it will always be global and it will always be multi-generational. So if your vision is only big enough for you to fulfill in your own lifetime, it's not a God vision because God's vision for your life will always be bigger than you. Let's see here. Let's go to uh, same chapter 12, verse nine through 10. I wanna show you something here, very important, nine through 10, verse nine, same chapter. Uh, Abram set out, it's a great word there, and he continued toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Two thoughts I wanna bring to your attention. Number one is that vision is a journey. Everything that we see from Genesis 12 through Genesis 22, we see this journey that God, that God has Abram on. Okay, I call it the visionary journey. The visionary journey. So the process from where God takes Abram and he starts to speak to him and show him things. Now listen, let's put some context here. Abram was an idol worshiping pagan that was in the land of his fathers. And all of a sudden one day, everything was normal. Everything was mundane. Everything was as it always was. And in one moment of time, God's vision broke into that realm of day in day out living and everything changed. Everything in a moment. One vision of God will ruin and wreck and destroy in a good way and radically revolutionize your entire life. In a moment, in a moment. In fact, just throw your hands up and say, God, we want your vision right now. God, we give you permission. You can interrupt and you can rearrange and you can adjust my life with your vision. Help me see what you see and launch me into the deep. Every time we do that, I just feel the Lord just settling in on that stuff, man. So this is a visionary journey that every single one of us are on. And there are gonna be times in that visionary journey, verse 10, there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt. And there will be times in that visionary journey where you will find yourself in places that you did not expect. Famine, Provisions were a little bit lower. Egypt, you might find yourself in places that are, that are uh, against you, opposed to you. But listen, stay on the visionary journey. In fact, if your visionary journey takes you to Egypt, do not stay there. If your visionary journey takes you through a season of famine, do not, do not throw up your towel and uh, give up hope and do not stay in a place of famine. Cycles and seasons in life, famine may be one of them, but famine is not your destiny. Just pronounce that over you. Next chapter, Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 through 18. So many powerful encounters here over these 10 chapters. Man, I tell you, if you wanna get faith pumped into your spirit, just read these 10 chapters over and over. 
I prophesy a house that is a dreaming, visionaring house. I speak that over you, Antioch. I just, I deposit that into your very spirit this day, that this house will be a visionaring house. And not just a house that sees the vision of the Lord, but fulfills the vision of God in the earth. We are called to do great things that God has already dreamed in the invisible. You are called to do that in your life. We as a people are called to do that here in the earth. So the Lord said to Abram, now let me just give you a little backdrop here. So Abram and Lot, Lot is his nephew, and they start to have so much livestock that they start to get crowded. And Abram and Lot come together, they have a conversation, and Abram says, listen, we gotta go separate ways because all of our belongings are starting to tax the land. And so he goes to his nephew and says, wherever you wanna go, I bless it, you go there first. So Lot chooses the plentiful, the beautiful, the abundant. Right after this happens, God speaks to Abram, verse 14 of chapter 13. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes, vision. See what I want to show you. See what I'm seeing. For some of you, I just feel the Lord saying, lift up your eyes. I know you might be on the visionary journey and your head's low and you're just thinking, man, if I just gotta put one step in front of the other, I just gotta make it through this day. And God is saying, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes from where you are. Where you are right now in this very moment, God has vision for you. Lift up your eyes. And look north, south, east, and west. All that you see, I will give to you. That is a powerful phrase. He's speaking in the natural. Are you catching this right now? All that you see, I will give to you. Now, could we pull that into the realm of the spirit and say, all that you see by the eyes of faith, I will give to you. Lord, I don't know how we're supposed to take this production out of this church that we've always been in for the, all of our lives. I don't know how we're supposed to take this around the nation and around the world. I don't know how, we're, I don't know how we can do this. That's fine, because the Lord says, all that you see, if you can see it, provision is attracted. Resources, leaders, people, strength, energy, momentum, passion. It's attracted to the things that you see. All that you see, I will give to you. The eyes of faith. Now, let me just, let me just you know, we can get really soulish right here. We can start seeing, I mean, we can start seeing things that only benefit us, but I'm talking about all, when we start participating with the vision of God, all that we see, all that we're willing to see. And if some of us were honest, some of us are not willing to see all that God wants to show us. If we're willing to see everything God is showing us, he says, everything you see, I will give to you. And I will give it to your offspring forever. Watch here, God says to him the second time, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. So Abraham moved. When God shows you something, move, do something, start, begin, get a journal, write it down, pray, investigate, search, research, study, give, sow, do something, move when God shows you the vision of the Lord that he's showing you. Next passage of scripture, chapter 15. 
God has, to, God has to encourage him again. So powerful. 15.1, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram. How? Who, who am I preaching to today? There is much com- there's too much coming out of me for you to sit there and be quiet. I just said that when you see it, you got to say it. Now talk to me, church. The word of the Lord came to him in a vision. The word of the Lord wants to come to you in a vision. Y'all gonna make me mad. I'm gonna stop preaching. I'm gonna just save this for next week. Do not be afraid, Abram. Do not be afraid, Abram. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the vision I'm showing you. Do not be afraid of the invisible. Do not be afraid of that which I'm showing you that you've never seen before. I'm stretching your mind. I'm working creative muscles inside of you, imagination muscles inside of you. You feel like it's going to snap. You feel like the weight of it's too big. Don't be afraid. I am your shield and your very great reward. Look at Abram. Oh, my sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? Listen, he's in the journey here. There's moments where he's a man of faith and power. There's moments where he's going, I don't know how this is going to happen. It's okay. You're on the visionary journey. Relax. You're going to have highs. You're going to have lows. You're going to have time where you question and doubt. And it's in those moments that you've got to tune into the character of God. Don't be afraid. I am your great shield and I am your very great reward. We're together. We're walking this journey together. You don't have to perform into this vision. You have to work yourself into this vision. Walk with me. We're together. We're dreaming together. We're walking together. We're creating together. We're building together. We're blazing new trails together. See what I see. What can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer? And Abram said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my house. Now here's what happens. What happens is this. When the vision that God has given to us seems too big, then we start trying to find our own ways of accomplishing it. Here's what he says. And the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body. I told you I'm going to give you a son. I told you I'm going to cause something to come out of you. It's going to happen. Now, here's something I want you to, I want you to see. Let's see, which, where was this? Uh, I'll say this and then I'll close. Yeah, go to chapter 16. Go to chapter 16. We'll close for right now. We'll pick it up next week. Chapter 16, uh, verse 16. Abram was 86 years old. So he goes on with his plan he gets together with his wife's mistress, maidservant. They have a child. Child's name is Ishmael. All right. Scripture says that when he does this in Genesis 16, 16, Abram was 86 years old. Now, chapter 17, verse one, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. This is what I call the silent 13 years. What was going on in those 13 years of silence? For all we know, we don't know. Scripture is silent. Was God speaking to him? I don't know if God was speaking to him, but scripture does not say that God was speaking to him. All the scripture says was that at 86, he bore a child and then 13 years later, am I doing my math right there? 13 years later, I mean, imagine 13 years. Well, see, a couple things that we need to extract from this and understand that when God, God had already showed up to Abram two, three, four times. Hey, listen, walk the earth. See that? I'm gonna give it to you. 
I, I, we skip the passage where God takes Abram on a little walk and he says, look at the stars, see those things? Look, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes. Look at what I'm seeing. See those stars? That's what you're gonna be. Constantly we see God, constantly we see God saying, Abraham, look what I'm looking at, see what I'm seeing. This is what I'm gonna give to you. That picture for your marriage, don't let it go. 13 years, vision's not fulfilled yet. The visionary journey is not a short-term process. It takes persistence, it takes perseverance, it takes faith, it takes patience, it takes endurance, it takes all of those things. I wanna encourage you today, the things God wants to show you. This is what you need to understand. God will use vision to grow you. God will use vision as a discipling tool in your life to help mature you. Because what God is showing you, you're not ready for yet. But if you can lay a hold of it and allow it to produce faith inside of you, now go to Romans 4, we'll end here. Did I say we're gonna end there? I'm sorry if I did. I just caught a vision of something. Romans chapter 4. My most favorite passages to quote when I'm going through difficult times. Verse 17, Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Stop calling what is as it is. Stop calling barrenness, barrenness, and start calling it fruitful. Call your business fruitful. Call your marriage fruitful. Call your finances fruitful. Call your faith strong. Call your body healed. Call your marriage blessed. Call your children on fire and living for God. Call your business an amazing place to work. He is the God of the living and not the dead who calls, who speaks, who sees, and then speaks to those things that are not even happening right now. And he calls, calls them as though they were. Let's keep reading here. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and he became the father. He became, he became, he matured, he grew, he developed. He went on a journey and a man who had no children in a pagan land became the father of nations. Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? I meet with a good friend of mine on a regular basis and he asks me a question often. He says, who are you becoming? Vision will help determine who you are becoming. Vision will activate character inside of you. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and Sarah's womb was dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise. But he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So much there. I don't have time to go into it all. Stand to your feet. <laughs> Just leave that hanging out there for you. Read that over and over. Romans 4, 17 through 21. Without weakening in his faith, Abraham was 
fully persuaded that God had the power to fulfill what he had promised to do. Without weakening in his faith, Abraham was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised he would do. How many of you right now would say, you know, I've been going through a little bit of weakening in my faith. No shame, no fear. Just throw your hands up. I wanna pray for you. Weakening in your faith. Come on, family, all around these guys, somebody just get near someone and we declare strengthening over your faith. Maybe ask somebody if you can, ask somebody if you can grab their hand or put your hand on their shoulder or hand on their back. We just declare a strengthening, a strengthening, a strengthening, a strengthening of your faith, a lifting of your faith a strengthening of your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I declare over you that against all hope, that in hope you believe. I pray a strengthening of hope, a strengthening of faith. Let fresh life, let fresh grace be infused into you in the visionary journey that you're in right now. God is for you. God is for you. He's not left you. You might be going through a difficult season in the visionary journey, but I'm here to tell you today that God is with you and that which he has promised to you, he can and he will perform. He's gonna bring it about. Come on, let's take two minutes all around this church. Let me hear your voices. Let me hear you pray for one another. Let faith rise in the room. Let strength and grace rise in the room. Come on church, let's hear your voices. Let's activate some faith here in the room today. Let faith arise in my own spirit. Some of you need to speak over your own spirit. Some of you just need to just pray your way into faith. God, strengthen my faith, strengthen my resolve, strengthen my tenacity, strengthen my resilience, strengthen my hope, strengthen my courage. God, we call upon you today. We pray for a lifting, a lifting, a lifting, a strengthening in the name of Jesus. God, we ask that you would give us eyes to see. Lift up our eyes, oh God. Lift up our eyes. When our head hangs low, we ask you to lift up our eyes. Lift up our eyes, oh God. Lift up our chin. Lift up our head. Lift up our hands. God, I pray for a renewing of faith, the faith that comes from the word. God, we pray today that the word of God would have just penetrated our soul, that the word of God would have just done a jolt to our faith today. This week, I pray that we feed on your word, that faith would come alive, that faith would grow. God, we pray, show us again, show us again what you've said. Speak to us again what you've said and show us again what you've showed us. We declare it is possible. We just say today, God, that even though we can't see it, we know that it exists and we ask you to show us what you're saying. Show us what you're seeing. Now, church, let revelation and let, let a new level of vision come to you. Let a new level of hope and faith and imagination and creativity rise inside of you. Another level, another measure, another wave. Some of you right now, even the Lord is showing you some things and speaking to you. I just want you to stay in this place right now. Stay in this place. As long as the Lord is speaking, as long as the Lord is showing you, stay in this place. God bless you, Antioch Church. You're a good church. You're an awesome people. Your sons and daughters, you're destined for, to bring heaven to earth. 
I pray that this week be an explosive week. I pray this week be a week of encounters. I pray this week be a week that God shows you vision for the neighbors that are around you, for the businesses that you work at, the schools that you go to, the lost ones that you, that you know. God will reveal his vision to you for those people that are around you. Let a fire be set in your heart. Pray that God would kindle a new fire, one that does not go out, one that burns bright and clean within your very spirit. I pray that you hear through your seeing this week. How many of you received that today? Say, by faith, I agree and I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.